Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Southern California, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the SoCal Supreme Sports Show. Today we have ourselves quite a show as we have a lot to get into in the world of Southern California sports. As the Chargers hiring Jim Harbaugh, I did not have that on my bingo card. How big is that for the Powder Blues and can Jim Harbaugh finally get the Chargers over the hump? Also... The Clippers wound up finally beating the Lakers this season as, is it time to start panicking for the purple and gold, or can they do what they did last year and turn it around after they went 19-21 and and make the playoffs? Also, UCLA versus USC takes center stage tomorrow in men's hoops as this is going to be a little bit of an anticlimactic game, as both teams have been seeing better days. But it is all good because it's always a barn burner with UCLA and USC. Also, the Kings, I have a little bit of concern for the LA Kings, and the Anaheim Ducks are a massive pain in the you-know-what. All that and more here on the SoCal Supreme Sports Show. This is Taryn Rodriguez bringing you another edition of the SoCal Supreme Sports Show here on IA Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. And welcome one, welcome all to another edition of the SoCal Supreme Sports Show. Thank you all for joining me on this beautiful Friday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday evening, Friday wherever you are listening from. 
Either way, you've made your way into episode 165 of the SoCal Supreme Sports Show. And without any further delay, let us begin. But first and foremost, the SoCal Supreme Sports Show would not be where it's at without IE Sports Radio providing the platform to go live on Spreaker. Please do follow IE Sports Radio on formerly known as Twitter, X, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, which, if you still use that, bully for you. The handle for IE Sports Radio on X Instagram and on TikTok is at IE Sports Radio. And all you just have to do is type in the word IE Sports and Radio in the search bar on Facebook, like us, and then that's how you're able to follow us on Facebook. We also have a website, IESportsRadio.com, for your latest sports news, sports blog, Hall of Fame, Fans of the Month, pages dedicated to each podcast, such as the SoCal Supreme Sports Show, our community forum, and our merchandise shop. For the last nine years, I at Sports Radio has been bringing you amazing content, ranging from interviewing legendary athletes, which is what I did last weekend, coaches, which is also what I did last weekend, and other authorized media personnel, to building tailor-made shows dedicated to all major sports days around the country. Thank you to everyone for all of your support and for making I Sports Radio your direct feed for all that sports. A huge shout to our sponsor, Planet Jerky Premium Brisket Beef Jerky. Planet Jerky is the official jerky of the 2022 California league champion Lake Elsinore Storm, the single-A affiliate of the San Diego Padres. This all-brisket jerky has gluten-free options, contains no MSG, no sodium nitrate, it's low in sugar, and high in protein. This is some of the best jerky you can get your hands on, and all you have to do is visit www.planetjerky.net and place your order. In addition, prices are slashed, and if you decide to buy $50, a $50 order on their website, you'll get the shipping for free! Once again, a huge shout to our sponsor, Plant Jerky Premium Brisket Beef Jerky. The jerky that's on a whole other planet. And the way you can follow the SoCal Supreme Sports Show on social media is on X, at SoCal Show IESR. And you can follow me, Taryn Rodriguez, on X as well, at Taryn Rodriguez 1. And without any further delay, let us get in on into that SoCal Sports action. So, we have to start off with the big elephant in the room, and that is the Chargers hiring Jim Harbaugh. All right, I did not expect this. Um, in in case you're not a Chargers fan or you're a former Chargers fan, Dean Spanos hasn't really been able to throw around money and go for the big splash hires. I mean, he could have had Brian Dable over Brandon Staley, but he decided to go with Brandon Staley just because he wanted to either copy and paste or he just didn't want to throw a lot of money around to a possible big-name coordinator. But this time around... Dean Spanos and the entire Chargers organization hired Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Now, obviously that is a huge plus for their head coaching stature, but it also could mean that Jim Harbaugh might want to have his own way, and possibly Kellen Moore, who has gotten interviews from several different teams, could be on his way out. But he is a hot coaching prospect just because... He did turn around the Cowboys, and there were some good moments with the Chargers until the offense just went awry, and sadly, Justin Herbert got hurt. So, in all honesty for the Chargers, getting Jim Harbaugh was fantastic. I was more relieved than happy, if you ask me, just because I wasn't sure if they were going to actually make the hire. And it all comes full circle for Jim Harbaugh, as he actually did play on the then San Diego Chargers, as I think I want to say he was a backup and not a starter, but either way, he did get to play a few games for the Chargers. He actually did 
win at least one as I actually got to go back to NFL throwbacks and I got to see Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers taking on the Raiders, which the Chargers won in typical one-score fashion. But they actually did have to make a comeback as they were down 10 nothing. So, all in all, I am so relieved that the Chargers got the job done hiring Jim Harbaugh, and I think this is a massive upgrade for the Chargers, and this is a new era. Now, the big thing is the Chargers have to have the correct players, and it still doesn't mean that they're con- they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. They still have a lot of budget cuts they have to make down, a.k.a. their, their cap space, and that is obviously big right there because the Chargers are having massive cap hits and they have contract hits this upcoming season with certain players. And they're still paying J.C. Jackson's contract, which is unfortunate if you ask me. But if they can get over the salary cap hump, I think the Chargers should be fine. And I'm excited for next season. I really think Jim Harbaugh can turn this team around. Now, again, the Chargers aren't a lock to make the playoffs just because they actually have to go out there and win the games. But it is rather assuring that they have an actual good coach. And it's good that they got Jim Harbaugh. I was a little concerned that he might stay with the with Michigan in terms of football. Or he might go to another team, which there were other teams that requested him. I think like the Atlanta Falcons were one. But they already hired another their coach, which I'll be getting to in a, little, in a little bit later. But all in all, for the Chargers, this is a great day to be a Chargers fan. We haven't really had too many great days. And it's one of those days where I used to pray for times like this. <laughs> which, if you know that song, you get what I mean. But Jim Harbaugh, having led Michigan to a national championship this past college football season, is absolutely phenomenal. And... I'm just going to say, if anyone can turn the Chargers around after that dismal 5-12 and performance, which obviously saw Justin Herbert getting hurt in the latter of the season, it's Jim Harbaugh. Now, the big questions still arise. Who are they going to cut? Who are they going to trade? <gasps> Excuse me. Who are they going to trade? And who are they going to just release? And... Again, I really hate to say goodbye to certain players. Like Keenan Allen was phenomenal this past season. Joey Bosa, I still have my concerns for just because he he signed a big old contract extension or a new contract after his rookie year, and he hasn't really had that great of a production. Mike Williams, they signed to a new contract, but he's eating up quite a bit of cap space. The list goes on and on. Derwin James obviously obviously signed a new contract a couple seasons ago. And then Justin Herbert obviously signed a massive contract this past offseason. So it's a major big question marks on who's going to stay. Obviously, they're keeping Herbert. Like that, that is a given unless they want to trade him for like the number one overall pick and then roll with Caleb Williams or Drake May or anyone of that sort. But for me, I will just say I'm... Other than the whole salary cap space issue, I'm excited for what the Chargers can bring. They obviously have the fifth overall pick, which is definitely going to be a big splash pick. I've seen the char- I've seen mock drafts having the Chargers select a wide receiver, whether it's Malik Neighbors of LSU or someone else. Now I don't under I, I know it's not Marvin Harrison Jr., but what I want to understand is why would you not go with Malik Neighbors Malik Neighbors if they're not gonna if they're going to pick a wide receiver. Like, 
come on. If they're going to focus on anything, they could probably focus on offensive line, get that Olushife, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his full name because I don't have the mock draft in front of me, but he's the, I think he's the tackle or center from Penn State. And then they could always draft Brock Bowers, who I think the Chargers are going to draft just because I think he's got a lot of massive upside. And I want to say Gerald Everett is going to be a free agent this upcoming season just because I want to say they signed him back in 2000 and not this past offseason, but the previous offseason where the Chargers did make the playoffs. But I think it was just for two years and... I don't know what to expect with Gerald Everett, just because he's a great tight, he's a good tight end, but he doesn't necessarily like move the needle like Travis Kelsey does with the Chiefs or George Kittle does with the Niners or Mark Andrews does with the Ravens or what Gronk did with the Patriots slash Bucks. You, you you know what I'm saying? So roster construction is going to be a massive question mark but i definitely am excited for next season i'm actually looking forward to next season just because the chargers have the number five draft pick and barring them having to get rid of some players via cuts or trades or anything of that sort i think the chargers can be a contender in the afc but the afc is getting a whole lot better it's improving drastically even the teams that missed the playoffs like the Bengals and the Colts, the Jaguars, they could still be a threat for next season, and they could definitely put a damper on the Chargers' playoff hopes. So that's all good, said, and done right there, and I'm looking forward to the Chargers next year. All right, that's that for the Chargers, just because we don't really have any more news. They're still trying to hire their GM. Now, that is something I still need to keep my eyes on, and they actually did complete a second hire with their panel of potential GMs as the Chargers completed a second interview with Joe Hortiz, who's affiliated with the Baltimore Ravens, and they also completed another interview for their GM as it was from the New York Giants, Brandon Brown, which, I mean, okay, okay. I mean, that, that's totally fine if you ask me. I mean, I really hope the Chargers do sign the or hire the best GM possible. I wish they could have hired that assistant GM from the Niners, but unfortunately, Washington kind of got to him sooner than the Chargers. But it's all good in the hood. I, I think as long the fact that the Chargers managed to hit a big home run in terms of their head coach speaks to high volumes that the Chargers are serious about wanting to win and they want to hire the best people possible. All right, but that is going to do it for the Chargers side of things. Now, the Rams, I don't really have much to talk about for the Rams. All I can tell you is that Matthew Stafford is coming back. Aaron Donald's coming back. So you could put away your possibilities of drafting a quarterback. Unlike, I don't remember who had this on their mock draft, but someone had the Rams selecting Bo Nix. That would be scorn-worthy of dum-dum of the week, but I will just say that's not even... I'm not even going to bother because to each his own. And they also have Stetson Bennett. Like, come on. You can't expect me to believe that the Rams are going to select another quarterback. With that high pick, with the 19th pick, the, the Rams are better off selecting either a cornerback or an offensive lineman or maybe, maybe an edge rusher. But... 
all in all, I just don't see the Rams selecting a quarterback. It just seems like a silly thing to do. And I don't think they need a wide receiver just because they have Demarcus Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua. They already have the running back in Kyron Williams. So I think it's either someone on defense. They're going to select someone on defense, mainly a cornerback, or they're going to select an offensive lineman that they'll probably select at the best available. Best available for offensive lineman or defensive defense it, mainly co- cornerbacks which I would not mind if the Rams got Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama yes that is his actual name Kool-Aid McKinstry <laughs> like I really need to see Kool-Aid McKinstry on the Rams that would be so 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 ideal matter of fact I'm actually going to to look up some possible NFL mock drafts and see where they have the Rams going but all in all, I, I just hope for the Rams, uh, they just don't mess up uh, in terms of their draft pick. They have a first-round pick. They really, really, really don't need to basically go for go for anyone on the offensive side of things. If not, they'll probably just go with they'll probably just go with an offensive lineman because they need all the Rams need all the help they can get in terms of shoring up their offensive line. Okay, but according to NFL, to the NFL website, Bucky Brooks has the Rams selecting Bo Nix. Well, I found out who has the Rams selecting Bo Nix, and it's this guy. Okay, I don't get it. Why? Why? The, the Rams don't need another quarterback. They says, as Matthew Stafford heads toward his age 36 season, the Rams could target his eventual replacement early in the 2024 draft. Nix's experience and maturity fits a locker room that takes a business-like approach to the preparation. I mean, I guess, but Stafford is coming back. And if anything, they can get someone from like the later rounds. Look at what the Niners did with Brock Purdy. So, no, no, I, I, I don't agree with this whatsoever. Now, Jeremiah, or Daniel Jeremiah, he has, well, well, I will say this, Brooks has the Chargers selecting Brock Bowers, which I think is uh, the most ideal pick. And then this guy, Daniel Jeremiah, he has the Chargers selecting Rome, Rome, Rome Udunze, wide receiver from Washington. Now, I didn't know who that was, but I think they got to go with Malik Neighbors. I, I, I mean... I guess, but that would also imply that they're going to be cutting someone like maybe Jalen Guyton, maybe Joshua Palmer, who I think is on the last year of his rookie contract. But I think Malik Neighbors is so much better. As according to Daniel Jeremiah, Udunze is my favorite player in the draft. He's a complete receiver. The Chargers have salary cap decisions with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. This could be a, this would be a home run addition for Justin Herbert. Now, I understand that, and many people have their opinions on this, but I kind of feel Malik Neighbors is going to be the better one, as, believe it or not, they actually have... Daniel Jeremiah has Malik Neighbors going right behind the Chargers, as he says, this continues to the Giants' quest from offseason to add speed. Malik Neighbors is the most explosive wideout in the draft. So then why are the Chargers not drafting him? This makes no sense. Anyway, and he, and Jeremiah also has the Raiders taking Olumu. I'm not even gonna Olumuiwa Fashanu, 
the offensive tackle from Penn State in the to the Raiders. He's going to draft that. He's going to drop drop that far down. If that happens, then I don't know what the other previous twelve teams are doing. Anyway, so for the Rams, they Daniel Jeremiah has Leatu Latu selecting being selected by the Rams. Now he's an edge rusher, which I totally understand. The Rams kind of need some some more defense, but they're going to have a young defense. And again, I'd rather them get like a cornerback. I think corner is the best way to go. And again, getting Kool-Aid McKinstry or Ennis Rakestraw Jr. or heck even Cooper DeJean would be any, would be sufficeable for the Chargers or for the Rams. Maybe heck maybe Nate Wiggins for the cornerback position, but Dale Jeremiah has Kool-Aid McKinstry falling down to the Niners and if he falls to the Niners, God, that's gonna that's gonna be so scary. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do this, Rams. Don't let Kool Aid McKinstry fall to the Niners. So please, Rams, you have the first round pick. Don't even think about trading it unless you get a home run of a trade, which would it, it would have to be someone really good, or you trade up, which that would be ideal as well. I wouldn't mind that as well. But. For the Rams, that is going to do it. I guess I should also mention one last thing for the Rams-Chargers segment. So I basically said on the SoCal Supreme Sports Show X account, if the Chargers can't win a Super Bowl or be a contender with Jim Harbaugh and the roster they have for the most part, then I am 100% convinced the Rams are Los Angeles' NFL team. Now, obviously I'm a Chargers fan, and I will just say that the Rams definitely deserve to be honored as the as NF as Los Angeles's NFL team. But the Chargers have a chance to move the needle in terms of relevancy. This is Larry B in the chat room. He said the Chargers are I don't even know. Well I to fill in that blank, I'll say they're now serious about winning, as opposed to the previous years, as they got their good coach. They got their coach for next season. Now they have to get the GM, now they gotta then they gotta focus on the draft and then they focus on the off season and then we'll have to go from there. But um, to go back to what I was saying about if the Chargers can't win or be a contender with Jim Harbaugh, then the Rams are the Los An- are Los Angeles's NFL team. Friend of the show, Soup, aka AC the GDB, says that was cemented the moment we, referring to the Rams, won a Super Bowl at SoFi. Now I totally agree with what he says. The Rams winning the Super Bowl in SoFi that was big and. The fact that that was Los Angeles' first Super Bowl since I think maybe the Raiders won is pretty incredible right there. And I and again, I'm not knocking his opinion. I totally re- agree with him. And that'll stay true with until further notice. But for the Chargers, Los Angeles is a big market city. And it's the land of winners. You cannot tell... If they can't do anything with the roster that they have or the coaches that they have, then I don't know what, what to say. It, it, they they have the quarterback, they have the left tackle, they have the pass rusher in Joey Bosa. Now they got to put it all together. But all in all, it's just a wait and see process, and it's just going to be a tough decision in terms of who they're who's going to stay and who's going to go. But I look forward to it. And the Rams, here's my thing: they just have to basically select. They just have to not screw up in the draft and. If they have to trade away, then so be it. The Rams certainly have a better cap situation than the Chargers do. Let's get that out of the way. 
But their quarterback is kind of aging in Matthew Stafford. I will admit that, and heaven knows, but he's going to be back. And for me, I think shoring up the offensive line would be so perfect for them just because you got to keep your quarterback protected at all costs, especially when he's 30. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Six, and he's getting up there in age quite a bit. But all in all, I think the Rams and Chargers are in good shape. And I definitely want to make note of... At AC the GDB's comment, I on X, formerly known as Twitter, I thought that was a good little point to make out with, and I thought that's definitely true because you look at what the the Chargers did this season. They went, they had, they won five games, and none of those wins were anywhere near notable. I don't think they even beat a playoff team. They beat the Vikings, Raiders, Jets, Patriots. And the Bears. None of them were playoff teams. And their best win of the season was the Jets. So there you go. At least the Rams overcame a 3-6 and six start and wound up winning eight of their last... What was it? Eight of their last seven? Yeah, eight of the last... Or I'm sorry, eight of their last nine. Sorry, I can't do math today. Unfortunately, they wound up losing to the former LA Ram in Jared Goff and the Lions. And yeah, but... On that note, I will. I definitely want to wish Jared Goff best of luck in the NFC Championship. I would honestly like to see Jared Goff, as well as Amon Ross St. Brown, lead the Lions to victory. It would be so incredible. And just to like close up on the Rams, I will say, I don't want anyone to say the Rams should have been the seventh seed and they could have gotten a better matchup against the Cowboys. They don't match well against the Cowboys. I'm just saying. And thank you to Jen B, who's also in the chat room as well. I appreciate you. All right, that's going to do it for the NFL. Let's jump to something. Let's just let's jump to college basketball, just because that's taking the center stage currently. So USC and UCLA square off against one another tomorrow, which is going to be the most anticlimactic UCLA versus USC matchup, as they're both eight and eleven. <laughs> Yeah, they're both incredibly terrible. It's so sad. They're, I think they're both like near the bottom of the Pac-12. Yeah, USC is at the bottom of the Pac-12, while UCLA is like three spots ahead of them. So the UCLA-USC men's basketball match is going to be the most saddest thing ever. It's normally exciting, but... And I'm, I'm assuming it will still be exciting. I'm, I'm definitely 100% sure it's going to be super exciting, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, even though both teams are incredibly terrible. But the Pac-12 has kind of been a little shoddy as well. I mean, 
their best team, Arizona, which is ranked ninth, just recently lost to, I think it was Arizona, no, Oregon State, I'm sorry. So, and that was that was the previous worst team in the Pac-12. So, jumping back to USC, yeah, the USC and UCLA haven't really played ever since last week as USC lost to both Arizona schools 82 to 76 or not 76, 82 to 67 last Saturday and then last Wednesday USC succumbed on the road to Arizona losing 82 to 60, 67. Wow. That is totally trippy. Both final scores were both 82 to 67. If anyone had that on their bingo card, bully for you. That is really weird, though. But for UCLA, like I mentioned last week, they beat Arizona State last Wednesday 68 to 66, which saw them coming back from a 15-point deficit to winning. Now, last Saturday, they actually had a good shot at beating Arizona. They actually led for a decent chunk of the game and I was under the impression that they actually were going to win and UCLA had the biggest lead of the game at 19 but they wound up losing by six. <laughs> oh gosh dang it UCLA why do, why do you gotta disappoint us you're kind of the only bright spot in terms of SoCal sports in terms of college basketball but the fact that you had a 19 point lead and failed to beat Arizona on the road is not so great. Especially with the Pac-12 just falling apart at the seams. And UCLA had won two straight. I actually was giving them a pretty decent chance when I saw them up by a good portion. I think they were up like 10 when I last checked. But then, unfortunately, they just they just couldn't hold on. I will also mention that UCLA USC is going to be on ESPN2 at 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is going to be super fun. And let's hope USC and UCLA give it their all and we don't have like a snooze fest or the battle of slop fest because we don't want to see no slop. All right, but that's that for USC and UCLA. Jumping over to the Big West... Currently in first place, it's actually a three-way tie for first place. UC Irvine, UC San Diego, and UC Davis, which is not SoCal, are all tied for first place as the Anteaters suffered their first loss of the season, first conference loss of the season last Saturday as they lost to UC Davis in a heartbreaker 54-52, to which that's not ideal just because Davis is right there in terms of the conference standings. And then UC San Diego, they wound up getting... They wound up losing... Well, they lost like a while ago. They wound up getting... Well, not a while ago, but last week, last Thursday to be exact, they actually wound up losing to UC Irvine 76-65. to But there's no shame in that just because they always... Russell Turner always prepares his team really well. So as for... Jumping back to UC Irvine, they actually beat Long Beach State yesterday, 72-61, to which is good. That's a good road win because UC Irvine just spanked the living daylight out of Long Beach State. That wasn't even remotely close. The only fight that Long Beach State kind of showed was them actually, one of their players getting tangled up with one of the UC Irvine players. And you got to remember, UC Irvine-Long Beach State is the black and blue rivalry. But for me, I think UC Irvine left Long Beach State more black and blue than the entire rivalry matchup altogether. 
So UC Irvine is back in action tomorrow when they host CSUN or Cal State Northridge. And then UC San Diego, which is unfortunately ineligible for the Big West Conference Tournament and the NCAA Tournament until their transition period from Division Two to Division One is over, they hit the road to Davis to take on UC Davis tomorrow as well. And then for, fourth place is UC Santa Barbara by half a game, and then CSUN and Long Beach State are tied for fifth. And so on and so forth. And unfortunately for Cal Poly, they are bringing up the rear at 0-8 in conference play, which is unfortunate. But, hey, what can you do? So that is that for the Big West in terms of men's basketball. Now for men's basketball on the West Coast Conference side. It's not getting better for all the all the teams in the conference. It's getting a whole lot worse. But I will say San Diego did manage to win their matchup against Portland, winning 85-81, to as that's actually their first conference win. This matchup was actually postponed, as I have no idea why it was postponed. Maybe it was because of, like, weather and whatnot, but all in all, San Diego was able to defeat Portland on the road, which is good, and they stopped a five-game losing streak in the process. So, yeah, good job, San Diego, but... The fact that this is your first conference win makes me sad. Meanwhile, for LMU, they managed to beat Portland last night, 92-65. to And they also beat Pepperdine in the PCH Cup matchup, 68-61 to last Saturday, which is good. And that's a good segue to go to Pepperdine, which got stomped by Santa Clara yesterday, 94-71. to And like I said, they lost to Pepperdine, or they lost to LMU last Saturday, 68-61. to Pepperdine and San Diego play one another at Firestone Fieldhouse tomorrow on ESPN+. Plus. But again, the, the West Coast Conference in terms of their men's basketball teams in Southern California are nowhere near to ride home about as they're all pretty bad. San Diego is barely trending, treading above 500. LMU is only 10-10. and 10, And Pepperdine, well, 10-10 and 10 being 500, but... You get the you get the point, and then Pepperdine is just they're trying. That's how that's the nicest I could put it. And then jumping over to the WAC, aka the Western Athletic Conference, CBU, they managed to pick up a win yesterday against UT Rio Grande, winning sixty three to fifty four. That's the good news. The bad news is. They're not. They're nowhere near close to first place, but they are tied for second with Tarleton and Stephen F. Austin, which is good. But that's a big. That's like two games back of GCU, or two and a half games back of GCU. As speaking of Stephen F. Austin, CBU travels to Stephen F. Austin to play them tomorrow. Which, eh, maybe it'll shake things up in terms of the West Coast Conference. But it's a time-will-tell process. And then lastly, we got San Diego State, which managed to stomp all over Wyoming, 81-65. to Now that is good right there. What wasn't good was last Saturday when they wound up losing to Boise State on the road, 67-66, to which, oh, I'm so disappointed. They didn't. Re- their biggest lead of the night was three, and this could have been such a great win for San Diego State. But now they're a half a game back of Boise State and Utah State as they're also tied with New Mexico for second place. And this is what happens. 
I mean, obviously you have the Mountain West Conference Tournament, and I think maybe San Diego State can shine in that, but you just can't leave it up to the committee. I'm looking at you, USC and UCLA, but for San Diego State, they just can't rely on the committee to get them in. I mean, San Diego State does have a pretty solid resume in terms of making the postseason or the NCAA tournament, but can they actually hold on and make it to the NCAA tournament? Because their losses are to BYU, UC Irvine, I want to say. No, Grand Canyon. BYU, Grand Canyon, New Mexico, and Boise State. Those are their four losses of the season. And they're all pretty quality losses right there. BYU always is a good team year in and year out. Grand Canyon is leading the WAC conference. And then their in-conference losses to Boise State and New Mexico are not too bad. New Mexico is actually borderline of pretty solid. Whereas Boise State's... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Loss, the Boise the boys State loss was not that greatest, but it wasn't the worst either. And they also have a win over Stanford, which beat, which trounced Arizona. So that's something good, Right. I'm not going to – I won't let you all answer that question. So San Diego State is actually back on Tuesday when they hit the road to the Rocky Mountains to take on number 24 Colorado State. And then next Saturday they are back home hosting number 18 Utah State, which that should be a fun matchup. And that those two matches are so big for San Diego State. That could actually put them in a position to either win the Mountain West Conference regular season title or – they could, hence the word could, strengthen their resume to making the NCAA tournament. Because remember, they were finalists from last year. They made it all the way to the national championship only to succumb to poo-poo UConn. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm a little salty. I'm still a little salty about the, about the UConn Huskies beating the the San Diego State Aztecs in the national championship. But it's all good. Live and learn. That'll be that'll do it for NCAA men's basketball in SoCal. Now for NCAA women's basketball. And USC had such a rough week in women's basketball last week. I know they had two very challenging matches, but I still can't believe they got they got stomped all over against Utah last Friday, seventy eight to fifty eight. And then they lost a heartbreaker. Well not a heartbreaker, but a close one to Colorado, losing sixty three to fifty nine. Now, obviously, they had a the case of the whole UCLA win hangover. I feel that is kind of what happened with USC, and that's kind of common for a young team like USC. And this kind of goes back to scheduling tough. USC did not have the toughest schedule in terms of their non-conference play. Their only tough matches were against Ohio State and Penn State. Other than that, they they scheduled more locally, which is not the ideal way to go. Now, if you don't have anyone else that wants to play you, then I then by all means just schedule locally and see who wants to face you. But the fact that USC just doesn't have the whole non-conference schedule and they came out with a win over UCLA only to lose to Utah and Colorado on the road kind of speaks to high volumes. 
So USC went from number six in the in the AP poll to now to number eleven as USC hosts Washington State in Washington this weekend on Friday and on Sunday. Jumping over to UCLA, UCLA actually stayed put at number two. Or actually, they jumped from number five back to number two as they start off the week on a rough note as they lost to Utah 94-81 in overtime. Yeah, they lost in overtime as Utah scored 22 points in overtime. Someone must have had their Wheaties or someone must have been on fire, just to say the least. As Utah actually shot 46, and a little over 46% from three-point land. But it is what it is, and Utah, again, they had a big week as they beat USC last week, and then they beat UCLA, which was huge. And UCLA didn't really lead all that much. Their biggest lead was two. That's the bad news. The good news is UCLA managed to pull off a win over Colorado, which still puts them in a position to possibly win the Pac-12. It would have been great if they got the win over Utah. Then UCLA is only a half game behind Stanford and Colorado for the first place. But it is what it is. So UCLA, just like USC, they are playing the Washington schools at home at Poly Pavilion. So we'll see what happens with the, Bru- the Lady Bruins. But all in all, I think they have moved past the USC loss. And I think they can only go up from here. So that is that for USC and UCLA. Now to the Big West. The Big West has been a little bit of an anomaly. As now your first place leader is UC Santa Barbara which managed to beat Hawaii for the most part, 65-53. to 53. And a half game behind UC Santa Barbara is Hawaii, UC, which is not SoCal, Cal Poly, and UC Irvine. That's going to be very fun to watch. And don't count out UC Riverside, even though they don't have the conference record to show, but it's still pretty solid. Unfortunately, the team that took a massive step back from this past season was Long Beach State as, ugh, I feel bad for the beach, but they got hit hard in terms of their graduation, and they lost one of their players early in the season as she kind of had the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I think she, like, tore her ACL and in the first game of the season, and it was, like, not even not even a full quarter in, and then... She tears her ACL and she's out for the year, which makes me so it's it breaks my heart. Hopefully, she does get a redshirt year or anything of that sort. But unfortunately, that's just how sports are. And you and unlike Madden, you just cannot turn off injuries. So Santa Barbara is back at next month when they head down to Davis to take on UC Davis, which should be a nice little fun matchup. And that's kind of your little gist of the Big West Conference. Now jumping over to the the WAC, aka the Western Athletic Conference, CBU rebounded nicely from their first loss of the season. Well, for well, altogether they they rebounded quite well, and they they they've yeah they rebounded nicely from their first loss. As last Saturday they lost they beat Southern Utah ninety three to sixty seven, and then they stomped all over UT Rio Grande CB. 75 to 55 as now it starts to pick up for the Lady Lancers as they host Stephen F. Austin and CBU actually got a nice little gift and this is courtesy of Daryl Trujillo who I actually saw on uh, his X feed 
Um, GCU actually lost last night, and I was like, wait, is this for women's hoops? And then I see, and it's, and I saw that GCU actually suffered their first loss in conference play, which is big, as Stephen F. Austin managed to beat them 59-54. Now, that puts Stephen F. Austin and CBU a half a game behind GCU, because, like I said, Stephen F. Austin and CBU both play one another, and they could, hence the word could, pull even with the Lopes, as the as GCU does play UT Arlington, which is actually in fourth place. But for CBU and Stephen F. Austin, that's going to be a fun little matchup, and I really, really, really want to see CBU pull off the win. If they can get that win on the road, that is a huge step in the right direction for their chances of winning the WAC, because... Then they'll have they won't have too big of a schedule. They won't have too much of a scary, scary, scary schedule as their next matchup after they play Stephen F. Austin is at Seattle on Wait. Larry says so much of the men, but will be in attendance for for homecoming on February third versus Seattle. Okay, so the men are playing Seattle on February 3rd on their homecoming, which I was wondering because the women play at Seattle. So thank you for the clarification, Larry. So that's pretty good that uh, Seattle will be playing CBU on their homecoming. And I hope you have fun at that homecoming. I think it's going to be a fun homecoming. So, yeah. Yeah, so so much for the men. So, okay. So, sorry, Larry B. But back to the CBU women's basketball, who only has two losses on the season, which is incredible. Anyway, CBU plays next week against Seattle, and then the week after they play at UT Arlington, and then they're back home against Utah Tech. Now, the UT Arlington and Utah Tech ones could be a little scary, just because UT Arlington is... Isn't they're right in the thick of it? They they're fourth in the West, the WAC, but I wouldn't put my money on them surpassing the likes of CBU or GCU. But you never know. I mean, I didn't think that CBU was was going to lose anywhere before they faced Grand Canyon, but unfortunately, they lost to Albaline Christian, which is in the middle of the pack. So there you go. You just you just can't underestimate any opponent. And I think after the Seattle game, CBU has a little bit of a interesting stretch going forward. And they play Utah Valley as well, which is not anywhere near good. They're second to last. They're, they're right above Seattle for the bottom of the conference. But the following week when they play Utah Tech and UT Arlington... That's going to be huge right there. That's going to be the make-or-break game to see if they can get the first spot in the in the Western Athletic Conference tournament. I think CBU should be past their division their division one their division two to division one movement because if they're still stuck in that whole limbo, I'm going to riot. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, jumping over to Jumping over from CBU over to San Diego State, uh, San Diego State's women's team isn't been as great as their men's team as... I'm just kidding. They, they've been decent, but not eye-popping like the men have. So Wednesday, San Diego State defeated Utah State 76-62, to which I thought was pretty good. And then 
Last Saturday, they beat San Jose State 63-51, to which is a definite win right there. And then in the Mountain West Conference, San Diego State is still two and a half games back of Wyoming and UNLV as the Lady Aztecs take on Boise State at home this Saturday. Now, Boise State is right above the Lady Aztecs, so hopefully for the Aztecs, they, they can take down the Broncos. So that's going to do it for San Diego State women's basketball. And then jumping over to the WAC, or not the WAC, the West Coast Conference in terms of women's basketball regarding the SoCal teams. Uh, it's, they, they, all three teams have seen better days. They're all under 500, and LM, at least all of them aren't lumped together at the bottom. LMU actually is ahead of St. Mary's as LMU still stinks, but hey, they're at least they're, they're fourth from the bottom. That's progress right there. But unfortunately for West Coast Conference, the SoCal teams just don't have that it factor that Gonzaga or San Francisco or Santa Clara have. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And it's sad because I really want to see the SoCal teams in the West Coast Conference actually do something. But it is what it is, and we just got to live with it. Better days ahead, as San Diego actually did have success last season, but unfortunately they fell early in the West Coast Conference Tournament. But, hey, what can you do? All right, that is pretty much that for the women's side of things in terms of college basketball. And we're going to take ourselves a little bit of a break when we come back. We have some NBA to discuss with the Lakers and Clippers. And then we also have some NHL to discuss with the Kings and the Ducks. And then we have Dumb Dumb of the Week. So keep it locked here. You are listening to the SoCal Supreme Sports Show here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that sports. We'll be right back after this. What's up, sports fans? You're listening to IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. I'm your favorite West Coast Wisconsinite, Bernie Bango. And if you're a cheesehead, Come listen to my show, Big Cheese Sports, where we road trip around America's Dairyland, previewing, reviewing, predicting, debating, and digging into all that is Wisconsin sports at the college and pro levels. Join me on IE Sports Radio, Sundays at 1 p.m. Central Standard. Bernie out.
Hey there, sports fans. Are you looking for a sports show that maybe isn't 100% about sports? Then you might want to check out the Sports Couple Perspectives right here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Most sports shows cover only scores and stats. And while we're not opposed to that, we dig a little deeper into sports issues and some of the hottest topics in athletics. In addition to sports, we take a journey through my neck of the woods, pop culture, with movie reviews of both sports and non-sports films. Speaking of pop culture, make sure to participate in our game nights, where we quiz each other on our specialties, and you, the listeners, can win IE Sports Radio apparel. We always have a great time learning more about each other's worlds, one show at a time. So join us each week on the Sports Couple Perspectives, right here on IE Sports Radio, your directory for all that is sports. Sports fans, do you like wine? Well, we've got the show for you. This is Let's Wine About Sports, a show where we talk about wine and sports simultaneously. From the classic Cabernet Sauvignon all the way down to the grapes that you've never even heard of before. Oh, yeah, we cover it all. And we'll talk about a little bit of sports as well. Football, hockey, collegiate, women's sports, it doesn't matter. We're going to talk about it all and we're going to whine about it all. So join me Monday at 8 p.m. on IU Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. And we are back with the second half of the SoCal Supreme Sports Show here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that sports. Definitely check out all of our amazing shows, including the ones that are coming on later tonight as the Sports Couple Perspective with Larry B. and Cecilia B. will be on at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And then right after that, at the top of the hour, we have Let's Wine About DMV Sports with Mike Pat. But let's get back on into the second half of the show. So one thing I forgot to make note of regarding the Rams is that their defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, is unfortunately departing as <laughs> that's another defensive member that's leaving the Rams. Last week we had one that's heading to USC as the defensive line coach, the co-defensive coordinator, and the, I think it's these, the special teams operator or or the game day operators. But either way, Raheem Morris is no longer with the Rams as he is departing to the 
Atlanta Falcons is he's going to be their head coach, which I think is pretty cool because he actually did come from the Atlanta Falcons prior. But it's unfortunate just because the Rams lose out on a great defensive coordinator. He helped a young Rams defensive core become, I wouldn't say one of the best, but at least overcome some growing pains as he helped pave the way. And I want to say he was on that Super Bowl team that basically was that basically had like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and the list goes on and on. Those are some good times for Rams, but unfortunately Raheem Morris is back to Atlanta, which means the Rams now have a lot of defensive coordinators to look for. They have to search for the defensive coordinator and they have to search for a defensive lines coach because the previous defensive lineman coach was actually the the defensive lineman Coach of the Year back in 2022, which I think is pretty incredible. So that those are some big shoes to fill. But all in all, for the Rams, they should be able to get the job done. They have a lot of offseason to go, and now that they're—I hate to use this as a bad, as a good thing—but now that they're no longer in the playoffs, they now can focus on hiring who's going to take take over as defensive coordinator and their defensive lines coach. All right, but that is going to do it for that little bit of Rams news. All right, so jumping over to the NBA, and this this might be a little bit of a somber segment, but let's go over the Lakers. So Lakers-Clippers on Tuesday. This was an ugly game, and I had no business watching this game, but I had to just because it's SoCal versus SoCal. The Lakers unfortunately succumbed to the Clippers as the Clippers wound up winning 127 to 116. So it's actually the Clippers' first win over the Lakers this season. Yeah, go figure. And it helped halt the Lakers' two game winning streak, which was actually against quality teams. I'm sorry, they didn't have a two game winning streak. They had a one game win streak as the previous game that the Lakers lost to before they beat the Trailblazers, was against the Nets. They lost to the Nets on Friday, 130-112. And I was... I, I wanted to gouge my eyes after seeing that. Because I was seeing that at the hotel I was staying at, and the Lakers just looked so bad. They looked so great in the first half. And then the Nets put up 38 points on them in the third quarter, and everything just spiraled out of control. And the Lakers just could not recover. It was so bad that Doc Rivers was literally laying it on the Lakers saying, the Lakers just aren't, aren't focusing too much on the referees. They're complaining about too many calls. They're not having fun, and they're playing. They're not playing loose, whereas the Nets were doing all of those things, except for complaining to the refs. But either way, for the Lakers, it was just terrible losing to the Nets last Friday. But being the Trailblazers was a nice bounce-back game, even though the Trailblazers are complete dog water. And losing to the Clippers was just sad. The Lakers beating the Bulls, however, was pretty solid. Except the Lakers the Lakers led by a good chunk in this game. As they led by as many as 24. Only to allow the Bulls to get back into the game. And I was... I unfortunately had to go to bed. But I did see some of this game. And at first I was like, okay, Lakers are up by, by 12 at halftime. They can't possibly screw this one up. Good night, y'all. And then they were up by 15 at half or at, after the three quarters, but the Lakers just love to have made this a whole lot more difficult than it needed to be. And actually, they were up by 19 after three quarters, but again, the, the Lakers love to make this so difficult on them, on themselves. As 
they almost allowed the Bulls to get back in it. But fortunately for the Lakers, they were able to hold on. And fittingly enough, after facing the Bulls, the Lakers were 23-23, and 23, which is Michael Jordan's number. <laughs> All right, but... The Lakers are back at it this Saturday as they continue Rivals Week. Apparently it's Rivals Week for the NBA as the Lakers already got their first rivalry game out of the way against the Clippers. Losing, though. And I don't know about the Bulls. Why are the are the Bulls a rival? I mean, back in the back in the Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson days, I can understand. But I don't know if Lakers and Bulls can be considered rivals rivals. But for the Lakers, they are back at it as they head down to Northern California to take on the Golden State Warriors tomorrow, which will be aired on ABC. And then Monday, they are hitting the road to H-Town to take on the Houston Rockets. And then Tuesday, they are at the Atlanta Hawks. And it's going to be a long road trip for the Lakers as I, I want to say this could be their Grammy road trip, but I don't think it's confirmed as the Lakers have a six-game road trip, which also includes them facing the Celtics. They need to win that one or else we riot. Laker fans riot. And then next Saturday, they're at New York, the Knicks. And then next, then the following Monday, the Lakers are at the Charlotte Hornets. So I hope the Lakers can get it together just because they are ninth in the Western Conference, which isn't bad, but they still have a ways to go as they got the, the Mavericks that are ahead of them and then the Kings that are ahead of them. Now, how about those little Clippers? The Clippers, being the little engine that could, really really impressed me as I thought they were really dominant for the most part. I mean, I know they almost let the Lakers make a comeback, but each time the Lakers had a comeback up their jerseys, the Clippers just said, oh, no, you're not, you're not getting our lead. And they just answered. And it, was, it wasn't just Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George was a, a key component in the Clippers' win over the Lakers. Kawhi actually led the way with 25 points. He actually had a triple-double, and it's only a second career triple-double. So congratulations, Lakers, on making history in a not-so-good way, allowing Kawhi Leonard to be getting his second triple-double in his playing career in the NBA. And then James Harden was also big. He had 10 assists to go along with his 23 points. Russell Westbrook had 16 points off the bench. He was 3-for-3 three three from downtown. Norman Powell had 17 points off the bench. So... Yeah, the the Lakers really made the Clippers look like world beaters, and and I I did have to make a meme before the uh, clip for the Clippers uh, in regards to their biggest fan, Marcellus Wiley, former Los Angeles or former San Diego Charger, and it was basically Shaq saying it was basically Shaq eating the hot wings and just enjoying them, and I had to explain myself saying. If you all remember, Shaq actually I'll, I'll save that for later, but it was basically Shaq the former Laker just enjoying the wings and then I said Marcellus Wiley enjoying the Clippers win over the Lakers like. So, as for the Clippers, they actually beat the Brooklyn Nets 125 to 114 and them beating the Nets wasn't impressive, but how they beat the Nets was impressive. So, the Clippers actually they were down by 10, and I was think with about five minutes and change left. And I'm thinking, well, looks like the Clippers are going to poop the bed, and the Nets are actually going to go two for two in terms of their SoCal road trip. Except the Clippers actually answered with a 22 to nothing run to end the game. Yes, the Clippers went on a 22 to nothing run to basically win the game and rally back to beat the Nets by 11, which is pretty darn good. 
So good job to the to the Clippers. I didn't think that's possible, but for the Nets, you must stink. Which makes me wonder, how did the Lakers lose? <sighs> Golly. Anyway, so the Clippers are back in action tonight when they hit, or yeah, tonight when they head down to Toronto to take on the Raptors. Then the day after, they are heading down to Beantown to take on the Celtics. The Clippers, I talked about the Lakers' long road trip. They actually have a seven-game road trip starting tonight. And it goes through to Monday where they hit the road to the land to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wednesday, they take on the Washington Lizards. If you get that reference, then you get a cookie. The next Friday, the Clippers take on the Pistons on the road, and then the Clippers next Sunday take on the Miami Heat, which will be nationally televised. So where the Clippers are at, the Clippers are still two and a half games back of Minnesota for the top spot in the Western Conference. But that's still progress. I mean, Oklahoma City is definitely is up there as well. And then Denver, I think, is starting to find its bearings again. But for the Clippers, they're still doing fine. My only fear is... If the Clippers played the Suns, if the playoffs started today, then I'd be a little fearful for the for the Suns. They're actually playing better than I expected. So time will tell regarding the Clippers versus the Suns. But it, it, again, you got to remember that that was the last year's first round matchup where the Suns beat the Clips in in I think it was six. It, it, it was it was either six or five, but. Either way, the Clippers didn't have Paul George, so live and learn. But we're not talking about playoffs right now. The Clippers just barely made it past the halfway point of, or yeah, they made it. Yeah, they've made it barely past the halfway point of the season as they're twenty-eight and fourteen. Not too shabby. So I've I've been generally impressed with the Clippers. They start off looking really horrible, and then there was the whole narrative of James Harden isn't moving the needle for the Clippers, but I think they're starting to get it together, which I hope that is the case. All right, but that's that for the NBA portion of the show. Jumping to the NHL portion of the show, and Larry, forgive me for having to talk about this, but we got to talk to the Ducks, and it's sad that the Ducks actually lost last night because I actually thought they had a good chance of winning. They wound up losing to the Dallas Stars at home 4-3, to and the previous night, they actually beat the Buffalo Sabres 4-2. to And Sunday, they lost to the New York Rangers 5-2. to And last Saturday marked the lowest of the low losses. The Ducks lost to the San Jose Sharks 5-3. to You can't lose to the San Jose, San Jose Sharks. I'm starting to get the feeling that the Ducks might be exiled or re- relegated to maybe the NHL Junior. But I digress. So next up for the Ducks, they hit the road to the land of the Twin Lakes to take on the Minnesota Wild, which is tomorrow. And then Wednesday, the Ducks are back at as they return home to take on the San Jose Sharks in a little bit of a grudge match. And then next Friday, the Ducks are home against the Edmonton Oilers. Currently in the standings, the Ducks are still second to last in the Pacific Division. If they don't play their cards right, I'm just going to say San Jose could overtake Anaheim for the second-to-last position in the Pacific Division. This is getting extremely concerning. But you want to know what else is getting concerning? The Kings. The Kings just can't seem to play consistent hockey. So Wednesday, they lost to the Buffalo Sabres 5-3, to but it gets worse. Last Monday, the Kings lost to the Sharks in a shootout 
4-3. Now, at the very least, I will give the Kings the benefit of the doubt. Even though they lose games, they're at least losing in overtime or they're losing in a shootout for the most part. As Adam Carnock mentioned it on The Neutral Zone, which is aired on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time, the Kings are at least getting one point for the most part. And that's crucial just because every point can be precious. But losing to the San Jose Sharks doesn't do anything any favors for their confidence. They did, however, beat the New York Rangers last Saturday 2-1, to which I thought was a pretty good win. And then last Thursday, the Kings lost to the Nashville Predators 2-1. to So currently where the Kings stand, they're actually fourth in the Pacific Division, which is narrowly borderlining of missing the playoffs and still making it, barely. As Seattle is actually four points behind the Kings. Calgary is also six points behind the Kings as well, so... The Kings are really going to have to be more consistent, and they have to have to have good goalie play. And they and their offense also has to basically be productive. But sometimes, some of these games, they're only putting up one goal, and it's a little concerning. So tonight, the Kings head down to the Rocky Mountains to take on the Colorado Avalanche. And then Sunday, the Kings head down to form, Stan Kroenke's former palace, St. Louis to take on the St. Louis Blues. And then Wednesday, the Kings play on national television when they ho- when they hit the road to Music City to take on the Nashville Predators, which will be aired on TNT. And then next Saturday, the Kings host the Edmonton Oilers, which that's that should be an interesting game just because the Oilers are really good. But hey, maybe the Kings will pull out the win. But I can't guarantee anything just because the Kings have been rather inconsistent. I just don't understand it. The Kings are not supposed to be that bad. They're not on the level of the Anaheim Ducks. But they're starting to look like it. And for the most part, I'm a little bit more... I'm so concerned because in their last 10 games, the Kings have only won two. And then they've lost five. And oh, and they lost eight, with three of which coming in overtime or shootout. So, yeah, the Kings have really got to get their you-know-what together. Otherwise, they could miss the playoffs. And we don't want that. We want at least one SoCal team in the playoffs. I don't care if the Ducks stink as a Ducks fan. So, <laughs> Mark, where did this come from? Marcus Loskert says they need a trade for Draymond. I hope that is not referring to the LA Kings. This is the LA Kings we're talking about, not the Sacramento Kings. As... Marcus says they need a trade for Draymond. But Draymond Green on, on a, in a hockey rink, well, I hope he can skate. But yeah, we're talking about LA Kings, not Sacramento Kings. But great to have you in the chat room, Marcus. But that's going to do it for the NHL portion of the show before I start to lose my breakfast or brunch. Um, Remember how I said this was going to be a little bit of a somber note in terms of the NBA? Well, unfortunately it is. And I didn't want to end on this note, but... I did want to make note of this. This is actually the four-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant passing. Now, I actually meant to post this on my the SoCal Supreme Sports Show X account, but I just couldn't believe it at first. When I first saw the news that uh, <laughs> Marcus Lilskirt says, yes, imagine Draymond in hockey. He would be nasty. He would have the right to basically... He'd probably be in the penalty box throughout most of the game, but... Jumping back to the Kobe Bryant uh, remembrance, yeah, where I was at, where were you when you found out that Kobe Bryant had tragically passed away in that helicopter? So um, where I was at in terms of when I got the news of Kobe Bryant passing away was I was actually covering 
club lacrosse. Yes, high school lacrosse. Old club lacrosse for high schoolers. And I was getting the news on my phone. And I was like, what the heck? And I, 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 at first I didn't know what to make of it. I'm like, is this a joke? And I just didn't, I just didn't want to believe it at first. And then I found out that Kobe Bryant did pass away and as well as his young, when his second youngest daughter, Gianna, and it really broke my heart. I was like, no, no, it, it really hurt me. And then someone else that I was kind of close and dear with was, uh, John Altobelli, the head coach of Orange Coast College's baseball team, he actually passed away. Now, it's a little bit of story time with Taryn. I used to be one of the sports writers at the Coast Report. And I actually got to cover John Altobelli's, I think it was his 500th win. And I still actually have a video of John Altobelli when I interviewed him. And I, I still, when I... When I go to remember John Altobelli, I go to look at that video. And it was probably the first time I actually interviewed someone via video. So, yeah. Mark, Mike Pat pops the chat room. He says, Taryn, hope your show is going great today. Stuck at work, but wanted to say hey. Hey, I appreciate it, Mike. But um, John Altobelli... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus john altabelli really hurt me that was what really broke my heart because john altabelli i got to cover some of john altabelli's teams that wound up making a championship run i think it was in 2014 when uh the his team wound up winning the 3c2a state championship and i actually got to go to like the i don't think it was the super regionals but it was like the second round if not the third round and occ was hosting but unfortunately but unfortunately i couldn't make it to the state championship but it was pretty cool to see occ winning that winning it all and eventually uh, I think it was like 2019. Uh, yeah, 2019, which was before the pandemic hit, OCC actually wound up winning the state championship. And it was actually Altobelli's last state championship with OCC. So it was it was a little bittersweet, but at least he got to go out on a, on a winning note. But it just, it just feels so different. And also, John Altobelli went to my high school, Newport Harbor High. So... The fact that John Altabelli passed away with with his wife and his, I think it was his youngest daughter, if not sec, yeah, I think it was the youngest daughter, and then also with Peyton Chester, it was so heartbreaking. I'm like, gosh, dang it, man. And I, I, I'm not one to really cry a whole lot, but I, I really just had to basically say, oh my god, this is just so heartbreaking, and I had to battle back tears. And when I went to the memorial to basically pay tribute to John Altabelli, I, I just felt so. I haven't. I never felt anything like this in a while. And when I saw, and when I went to put down a baseball glove that I had, and went to put down a note that said "Thank you for everything," I almost lost it. But thankfully, I just had to. I had to go for a little bit of a walk just to basically say. He's gone, but he's in a better place. And I, I felt so heartbroken. 
But I'm not trying to get all sappy and emotional like that. But honestly, the moral of the story is you never know who could be taken away from you in regards to the people that you love. So my my advice is get rid of your grudges. Don't go being all mean and nasty and just say – just throw up the white flag and have a truce. So – I still miss John Altabelli to this day, as well as Kobe Bryant, and I feel for all the families that were involved in the whole helicopter crash in Calabasas, but I hope they're all looking down and being proud of their friends and families and their accomplishments that they left an impact for. So may everyone that was affect that may everyone that was affected in the tragic helicopter crash in Calabasas rest in everlasting peace. All right, but that's enough about that, and that's a little bit. That's enough about me talking about that. I again, I didn't want to end the the show on that bit of a note, just because I want to end it on it something positive and happy. So there you have it. But again, I'm I'm proud. I was happy and proud to have covered John Altabelli in OCC baseball back when I was at OCC. So, and I'll still remember to this day that video and. I still got to play that for, for myself. That's what I'm going to do after I complete this show. Play that video and maybe share it to the SoCal Supreme Sports Show X account and my account. Just as a reminder that I got to interview John Altabelli. But that's enough about that. Now we got to move on to a little bit more of a lighthearted and funny topic, a.k.a. Dumb Dumb of the Week. So Dumb Dumb of the Week is basically a topic that I – an award I like to give out to that – basically resembles someone saying or doing something dumb and no one is safe from this award anyone can get this dumb dumb of the week award and i almost want to give it to my brother just because he brought me chicken noodle soup from chick-fil-a instead of like maybe a chicken sandwich from chick-fil-a but i ain't gonna complain about it at least he thought of me because of the whole cold uh, because texas cold is really is not like california cold i'm just gonna throw that out there Texas cold is actually much more different. And I'm not trying to say that for as an insult to Texas cold, but when I arrived here in Texas, it was just so cold. But I digress. We're not talking about Texas. We're talking about SoCal. All right, but we have multiple dum-dums of the week. And I just got to say, well, first and foremost, the first dum-dum of the week goes to someone a little bit closer. So... For those that didn't that that uh, didn't follow along set point, I was actually in Austin, Texas, for the first point collegiate challenge, where I got to see the likes of UCLA, USC, the two SoCal teams that were in the whole first point collegiate challenge. I also got to see Stanford, Ball State, Ohio State, and Penn State. So obviously, it was great and all. I loved being there, and I even got to explore some of Austin, Texas, and. My brother also my brother and I also got to take a little bit of a road trip. We actually drove from Austin all the way back to to Dallas Fort Worth or Bedford. And man alive, driving in that rain, we had to drive through rain and there was the possibility of of us having to drive through snow, but thankfully we didn't have to battle the snow. All we just battled was rain. So yeah, there you go. But that's not the reason of dum dum of the week. So dum dum of the week is well for starters i actually got to meet somebody famous at the hotel i was staying at i actually got to meet jalen rose and i got to meet his wife and let me just say 
his wife was I told him that I had a volleyball podcast and then his wife Jalen Rose's wife was just so gleeful she was so 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 gleeful she was like oh my god you have a volleyball podcast and I'm like yeah I do and uh I was just so 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 happy and everyone loved meeting Jalen Rose everyone who saw that was Jalen Rose they loved meeting him and for those that are wondering uh Jalen Rose actually has a daughter Grace Rose who actually plays club volleyball at the club at a club volleyball tournament that was nearby the First Point Collegiate Challenge. So that was good. So that was the good. So you're probably wondering, well, where's the dum-dum of the week? Well, I'm about to get to it. So I got to... My brother called me down here just to say, hey, there's Jalen Rose. Come meet him. And then I basically did come... I basically did meet him, and I actually... He was a pretty chill guy. But there was one thing, and I tried to strike a little bit of a conversation with him. But... Let's just say I could have chosen a better question. So I asked Jalen Rose if he was still employed with ESPN, and he says, and he said no. So at first I didn't know this, but I totally forgot that Jalen Rose was laid off in turn, was part of the whole massive layoffs from ESPN. So me asking that question was a complete fat N-O, and I totally, totally forgot about the layoffs. Hence why he was actually at that tournament and not doing, like, NBA on ESPN. So, oops. (laughs) I I really felt so dumb for asking that. I I totally forgot. And if I I had remembered that, I would have never, ever, ever asked that question. I can't believe I asked that. I could have asked anything else, like, NBA-related. That's not the number 81. But I would have... Definitely not asked that question. I felt so silly asking that. And I I could have even asked about the current NBA right now and how everyone is flopping and everyone gets paid too much and there's no defense played, unlike when Jalen Rose played. But I can't believe I would ever ask that question. And I felt so horrible for basically asking that to him. And I felt I, I felt guilty. I felt guilty first and foremost. And I felt really dumb when my brother told me. He was like, you didn't know that... Jalen Rose was part of those massive layoffs from ESPN. I'm like, yeah, I kind of forgot. Oops. So as a result, I am this week's Dumb Dumb of the Week for asking that type of question to Jalen Rose, who was part of the layoffs from ESPN. You're so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. (laughs) Yeah, I should have done a little bit more research regarding that. So, ugh, I can't believe I forgot. Uh, that's uh, but the, but Jalen Rose was cool. I got to take a picture with him, and again, his wife was amazing, being so complimentary of my volleyball podcast. And I talked to her about volleyball and whatnot, and what school that uh, her that uh, Jalen's daughter goes to. So. It was still a great experience. I just really regret asking if he was still employed by ESPN. So the moral of the story, never ask anybody if always do your research prior. All right, but that's that for Dumb Dumb of the Week number one. Now, Dumb Dumb of the Week number two. Now, I got to jump back to the NFL. Now, obviously defensive coordinators are going left and right from certain teams. I mean, the Rams defense coordinator, Raheem Morris, is back with Atlanta, and so on and so forth. 
And the Green Bay Packers, I will just say, they fired Joe Barry, which I thought was a definite step in the right direction for them. But they decided to have interviews. And the one person that they reached out to in regards to who they want as their new defensive coordinator, and they have an interview with this guy, is none other than the infamous Brandon Staley. <laughs> they want to interview Brandon Staley. <laughs> oh, Green Bay Packers. I don't know what you're thinking, but y- no. If, if they hire Brandon Staley as their defensive coordinator, they're not going anywhere. Do you know how much Brandon Staley was carried by Aaron Donald in regards to the Rams? And he claims that he is this so-called defensive guru. Well, the Rams had problems, or not, well, the Rams, they had a good defense. They had one of the top defenses back when Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator. But in terms of the Chargers, the Chargers had one of, one of the worst defenses when he was with them, and mainly in the run defense. So I just got to say this, Green Bay, if I were you, I would not interview Brandon Staley. I don't hire Brandon Staley as your defensive coordinator because it's one thing that of what he did with the Rams, but remember, he was carried by Aaron Donald and the likes of Jordan Fuller, and that was when they had Jalen Ramsey. So don't do it, Green Bay, unless you want to stay irrelevant. I mean, listen to what the Chargers have had to say in regards to him. But watch the Packers just hire him as the defensive coordinator and the Packers just become world beaters. But all in all for the Packers, requesting an interview with Brandon Staley is a no-no. The dude has barely been a coach prior to the Chargers. The last time he was a head coach was when he coached Division Three football. And again, someone who is a self-proclaimed defensive guru is basically asking for a world of trouble. And again, Brand Staley, the person overall, is great. Brand Staley, the defensive coordinator or so-called defensive guru, not so much. And also, Brandon Staley, the head coach, is terrible. So Green Bay Packers, you better have some sort of explanation for why you want to request an interview with Brandon Staley as your defensive coordinator. And just for that, I'm going to give you the dumb dumb of the week because Brandon Staley is no bueno. So dumb. You are really dumb. For real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Packers. It'll be quite funny if that actually happens. If anyone hires Brandon Staley, they're getting dumb, dumb of the week. I don't care what anyone says. Unless, of course, maybe the defense is... Unless maybe their defense is pretty legit. But still, I, I, I I can't defend... Brandon Staley anymore and after seeing how he was carried by Aaron Donald I just I just think that the anyone that hires Brandon Staley is making a mistake all right now we jump on into the third dum-dum of the week and this one really grinds my gears and I'm so sick of this guy so as we all know the the Chargers hired the Chargers hired Jim Harbaugh, which definitely is going to move the needle in regards to their team. But there's still one guy who is still, I wouldn't say maybe hateful of Justin Herbert, but someone who basically still, still just has a sour taste in his mouth regarding Justin Herbert. And that just so happens to be Emmanuel Acho. And I swear, 
he is one of the main reasons why I can't watch anything like Get Up or First Take or any of these mainstream media shows. I just can't. And th- this was the final straw when when it came to him. And I know people have their opinions, but he called even though Justin Herbert has set multiple records, even though he was second in passing yards in his second year with as the Chargers quarterback, he called him a loser, which okay, I understand he his record overall in terms of wins and losses is not that great. I understand the whole 27 to nothing thing last year was a thing right there. But look, Justin Herbert cannot, for the 100th time, Justin Herbert cannot play defense. He can't play special teams. He can't call the plays. He can't coach the defense. He can't have his his receivers catch the ball. Like, that's not something that Herbert can't, is that's not in Herbert's control. So if you're calling him a loser... You don't really know football, and I'm sorry, but this is just ridiculous. And I know I'm sounding like a Chargers homer, but Justin Herbert is indeed a quality quarterback. He's at least a top 10 quarterback. Top 5, maybe not so much, but top 10 for sure when healthy. And he's going to definitely get better in regards to Jim Harbaugh basically being there as his head coach. But the fact that Emmanuel Acho has this so-called hate for Justin Herbert is so irritating. And this is why I don't watch any of Emmanuel Acho. And I hope Emmanuel Acho can definitely eat his words and sing praises about Justin Herbert and the Chargers. He has lots of high praises for Jim Harbaugh as he says that's the guy that makes everyone want to listen to what he has to say. But the fact that he calls Justin Herbert a loser, a quote-unquote loser, just really grinds my gears. And I actually saw this whole clip when Marcellus Wiley was having to defend Justin Herbert. As my boy, my boy Marcellus, uh, I, I got to read what he had to say. And he says, In what world is a dude that has set NFL records in four years the loser to a dude that didn't even play four years in the league? That's this that clown ish, <laughs> and I totally agree with him. And this is complete facts from Marcellus Wiley. My boy Marcellus Wiley needs to go, needs to pay Emmanuel Acho a visit and give him a taste of a piece of his mind. And he, Marcellus Wiley even quote tweeted something that says, "This that baloney." And whoever this guy is, hurt at Herb Slayer, he's he had his he he tweeted the clip out that made me quote tweet and say this is why I don't watch mainstream media crap. But he says this dude just gave Jim Harbaugh a coach all the credit for winning at different programs and didn't mention any of his players. That's why I also think Emmanuel Acho is dumb dumb of the week. And then in addition. He says, and then sat up there and gave Herbert all the blame for losing and called him a loser without mentioning his coaches. Yeah, I totally agree. Emmanuel Acho is a clown. And the fact that he can, he is, he is to skip, he is to Justin Herbert like Skip Bayless is to LeBron James. And I'm so, so sick of it. I can't take Emmanuel Acho anymore. He's out, I don't care. He's Acho out his mind. So the fact that he is saying that about Justin Herbert, the fact that he slanders Justin Herbert, 
just makes me sick to my stomach. And I, I just seriously can't stand him. And thankfully, there's the option of just not watching. And thankfully, Marcellus Wiley has the back of Justin Herbert and the Chargers, just because he was a former Charger. But Emmanuel Acho, I just can't stand your takes on Justin Herbert. I can't stand the Herbert slander. But when Tua has a bad game, it's totally fine because he'll think of tens of thousands of excuses, like the Kansas City game. It was negative 30. Well, Herbert wound up winning a game in the freaking rainy weather against New England. In New England, where the Chargers have had little to no success the past 15 or so years. But the fact that Emmanuel Acho continues to talk out his you-know-what and become a straight-up ass clown is just absolutely disgusting, and I hate it. And this is why Emmanuel Acho has to be Dumb Dumb of the Week, and I ain't holding anything back. So dumb. You are really dumb. For real. <laughs> Alright, but that is the third dumb dumb of the week, and I gotta got, kinda gotta make note of something, and oh my goodness. So I don't know if I made note of this on the last show, but this everyone knows that the MLB schedules have been released. So the San Francisco baseball giants have decided to have I think it was a Mickey Mouse night, if not a Disney night, on the night they played the Dodgers in one of their home games. Now, if you're not putting two plus two together, they're also giving out free Mickey Mouse ears to, like, I think the first 15,000. You know what this is implying. They're implying that the Dodgers World Series championship from 2020 is nothing more than a Mickey Mouse ring. And I'm just going to say this, I swear to all that is holy, and I, I, I think I did make note of this last week, if the Giants lose to the Dodgers on their so-called Disney night or Mickey Mouse night, I swear the Giants are dumb dumb of the year. They are not going to be held, they're not going to, I'm not going to hold anything back. But my goodness, why does everyone got to make a huge deal of that? It's just... If the Giants had won the World Series that year, I think that no one would be talking about this. So the fact that the Giants have to have their night of Mickey Mouse night against the Dodgers is absurd, or Walt Disney night is absurd. But for the Giants, you have you better hope that the Dodgers don't blow you out of the water. So because of your incompetence of scheduling the Dodgers as... Disney night or Mickey Mouse night and you're giving away Mickey Mouse ears is absurd and I gotta give you dumb dumb of the week and if I gave it to you last week then so be it but you get it this week because I say so so dumb you are really dumb for real (laughs) (laughs) and that my friends is all she wrote (sighs) and there you have it I have nothing more to add in regards to everything. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of the SoCal Supreme Sports Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for me to get on out of here. Because I don't want to talk about Emmanuel Acho anymore slandering Justin Herbert. Yeah, dig! Thank you, thank you, thank you everyone for tuning in to the SoCal Supreme Sports Show. I really do appreciate everybody tuning in. If you listen live, I appreciate you. If you listen on the playback, I appreciate you. If you listen at work, I appreciate you. If you listen at any time, any place, anywhere, I appreciate you. Shout out to the chat room. Marcus looks great. Ralph Kalise also popped in. He said, sorry, I'm just jumping in late. Hope your show is going well. Thank you. 
Mike Pat, Larry B, Jen B, they're also, they were all in the chat room. I really do appreciate everybody tuning in live. I can assure you that next Friday I should be back in, I, I will be back in California. I mean, I'm certain we'll have a show next Friday. And once I'm back in California, everything will be normal as we'll, we'll go back to everything as normally scheduled as planned. We won't have to deal with being in Texas. I won't have to deal with being in my brother's apartment. I will be back home at the crib. But for everyone here at IE Sports Radio, this is Taren Rodriguez signing off. Have yourself a great rest of the weekend. Enjoy the SoCal sports action. If you're if you need a little bit more of inspiration, do it for Kobe. Do it for Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba. Still miss you to this day, Black Mamba. Hopefully the Lakers can get their you-know-what together this weekend and take down those Warriors. But I will see you on Monday for Set Point. Have yourself a great rest of the weekend. And just remember, SoCal is for SoCal. Peace!